Alrighty. <clears throat> I think I might link this back up to my Twitter. If you go on my Twitter, it kind of looks like I'm just a... Well, I just started this a month ago, and I hate to use the term, but content creator. But um, as I've mentioned plenty of times, the podcast is just done for fun, hobby, whatever. It's a free podcast, if, but if you feel like contributing, there is a link to my wish tender. I don't know how interesting this subject is going to be. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I don't know what's really left to say on my part. My schedule is going to be a little bit weird. Because I had a tiny little car boo-boo. So. Um, and I should uh, hopefully be able to get her back. Uh, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> it was a big whoops. Uh Anyways, um, so my schedule might be, or was a little affected last week, but if you try to get in touch with me, my, it depends where you're located, uh, because I've just, like I said, I'm a little mad at myself, so, <laughs> and it's okay, you just try to take the positives from a situation, but, um, I should be getting her back shortly, if I don't, I'm just gonna start writing a car other than that um I don't know I just bought a little bit more nicer or more things to add to create content um I was going to do um possibly have other people on there besides myself but that little car faux pas um, so I will look into that shortly because I'm not sure how many times part of my language you can exactly play with yourself on OnlyFans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did buy some other equipment, so things are turning out more clear. clear can I talk clearly? Um,. And I got to post some new pictures where you can actually see my face more. Except for the one for today. It's a little bit blurry. And I'm not one to usually pat myself on the back. But I've been exercising a little bit. And I do like the results. So, um, anyways. I'm not sure how interesting this subject is to men. But if you're if you just want a podcast to listen to... Some of my podcasts, if I talk about something like this, have come to mind where I'm like, wouldn't it be kind of neat to look into something kind of related to sex? And something that's related to sex is lingerie. But I kind of like to to take things from a different type of aspect. If I do a sex worker podcast, just in case if this is your first time listening, this is not quite the podcast where you're going to hear me go into my, uh, you know, phone sex voice necessarily, <laughs> or, um, just talk about five million different positions. It's things related to, it could be accessories, toys, sex worker stuff, um, <clears throat> just 
you know, educational or interesting, but I don't know how much of a topic this one is. But if I, uh, I find it interesting. So lingerie. So I'm just looking through articles because like I said, this is a free podcast. With free podcast, I am not going to necessarily take notes uh, because it's just a hobby, but the first evolution came around from, I can see, the 1820s, and it was um, a very, they were called column dresses, so it looks like a very long corset that goes from below the breast down to a little bit below the butt, but it's a very long dress. Also, it's a linen dress. Um, and that does make sense because any pictures that I have seen, I don't think the, ca- the camera was, or paintings that I've seen, women kind of had an odd walk to them. So I'm not sure how comfortable that was. And I don't like wearing linen because if it's just not the most comfortable material. Um, but I also like corsets, but I don't, um, I might incorporate them every once in a while, but they are extremely tight to wear. And some people wear them to train their waist And I'm not sure how much of a good idea that is because you're kind of smashing in all of the organs, your abdominal cavity. Um, I mean, it does look very elegant, although it's a cartoon drawing. Then I see the 1850s, um, by the mid-19th century, silhouettes had shifted to become more hourglass with extreme cinching of the waist made by steel or whalebone corsets. And you, it's kind of hard to explain, but it looks like it goes over the breast and the bottom of it is like a half of a circle. I'm not sure how comforting these are because I believe there was some metal or metal pieces that were put in there to stay in place, but, um, I've watched many documentaries with royalty, and, um, I believe when the queen was changing, you know, to her corset, or I have seen very many documentaries about the 1800s, they really, really cinched them, so, again, not sure how comfortable or healthy, in the 1860s, you would see these big, poofy, poofy dresses. So those were called wa- circular wire cages. And a uh, full skirt would go over top of them. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that we live in modern technology because I am not sure when air conditioning came out. I would imagine that would have had to have been around the Revolutionary War. This just looks absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if anyone's a history buff, but uh, around the 1860s, it, it, I mean, it it wasn't practical either. I'm not sure if this was just um, for fancy events or such, but you could not sit down. 
Okay, 1880s. Queen Best Corsets. Skirt supporter. There's an old time poster. Uh, the volume of skirts deflated in late 1800s. Scoops, hoop skirts became less common. Instead, corsets were designed with skirt supports. I need to be able to talk. <laughs> um, corsets were designed with skirt supporters to help create more sub subtle lift, especially around the hips. Um, again, it looks like everything was just taken in way too far on the abdominal cavity. I don't know. The 1890s frilly bloomers were standard for the end of the 19th century. So basically, it just looks like a jumpsuit that's very frilly. I mean, if you would see a picture of it, it does look like it could belong in the bedroom. It's very cute. And you see someone posing. Um, it looks like some, someone would have to help you out with the strings on the back of it, but um, they did not show any skin back then, did they? <laughs> it looks a little, well, a lot more comfortable than what was done. Um, 1890s harness corset, a battery-powered corset to strengthen internal organs, cure a weak back, and develop the chest. Sounds so scientific. That's all it says about it. Um, as far as I know, I the way that I get exercise now is certainly a lot different than when I went to the gym. But I, like I said, everyone was. So I'm not in that culture anymore. But everyone was into the corsets, and um, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I saw an MRI of someone that was corset training, and, or it uh, didn't look right. Corsets, or they even had kids wearing corsets. I am curious about that because obviously it's kind of strange that we have been around for thousands of years. And sensibility has become a thing, I would say, in the past 50 years, if, <laughs> if not sooner. But for instance, if you would take a child and you would not feed them properly. Or I've heard also as well, if you would take a child and you're not supposed to go in the gym when at a young age, I've heard it can stench your growth. I'm wondering by any chance if it did any damage to children. The 1890s, you see a very cool look at looking parlor girl that's very pretty and busty, but her waist looks like I can grab both of my hands and put my put them around her. Um abdomen uh that was the wa oh i shouldn't say this word but wasp wasp waist corset took it to the most extreme 
uh, of extremes. Um, 1893. Oh, it's a very pretty picture, but it's a painting. Lace-up corsets. 1897. The metal eyelet. You just hug and pull on this corset without ruining the garment itself. I'm not sure how interesting of a podcast this is. <laughs> Unless we get some... Let me just hop up to 1900s. Now, this is a gorgeous picture of a woman from the 1900s. She appears to be in her young 20s. Very busty. Cute face. Outfits just absolutely amazing. Um, again, it just seems to be some weird type of corset that goes over the ass. It's called an S corset. Minimalize the waist, uh, pushing the bust forward and the derriere back. I don't think he would be able to walk properly in that. Um, and interestingly enough, because of the problems of those types of corsets, a woman named Mary Phelps Jacobs invented the the bra um and four years later she was given the patent for her design oh let me put my phone on the other phone on silent so i see a picture here kind of looks like a parlor girl or certainly less clothing um just going through the years here now the 1920s Because before the 1920s, women used to have long hair, were a little bit more conservative. Obviously, it was 1920, so you can't go too buck. I would imagine you couldn't go too buck wild in the 1920s. But the look went from very feminine to boyish. Um, <clears throat> and women started to wear more loose clothing. Uh, it still looks tight from the picture here, but certainly not... Um, God, anything before this era looks like it could seriously put you in the hospital. But women started to wear loose silhouettes and big boobs and butts just got in the way. So they weren't trying to accentuate their um, breasts or asses. And very cute pictures. Oh my goodness. Just very feminine. Um... And as pe people started to wear less clothing, undergarments had to shrink accordingly. Um, so slips made their way into the lingerie culture. That's kind of, this part's kind of funny. That's from the 1920s. Um because the trend was to wear rolled stockings down just below the knee that was the modern hemline but if you're if you were feeling risque you could always flash a glimpse of your kneecap scandalous 
I don't want to go through every single because some of some of these have a few examples of each year and we're only on 1925 at the moment and I want to take more time to go into modern day um some of the some of the stuff actually looks pretty cute um it's a little bit longer I mean it's it's from the 20s so of course it's not going to be too extremely flashy and people have their tights on underneath um but in the mid-20s um the purpose was to flatten the hips for a more androgynous figure instead of the ultra curvy silhouette but if I'm looking at pictures here people did appear a little bit more slimmer in the 20s than they did in the 1800s I'm not sure if that was a the fashion trend or if it had something to do with more modern civilization. In the 1930s, oh, the dresses were beautiful. Oh my goodness. Garters became shorter. It's so interesting to see actresses from the 1930s. I mean, gosh, that's almost 100 years ago. And just how feminine and... Um, they just had such a different look to them. Joan Crawford comes comes to mind. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to the 40s because they're still talking about 1930s. Okay, in the 40s, I see stockings. During World War II, supply shortages, women would paint on seams down the back of their legs to give the illusion of stockings. And that was just an illusion. Um, special corsets were designed for women in the auxiliary territorial service. I didn't know that you needed to have a... Okay, so they had corsets underneath the jackets, um, I guess, to hold them in place. And with the 1940s, you start to see the pinup girl. I always love that look. Just so feminine. The hair, the uh, little... They're still curvy, but the little waist and, you know, the stockings just exudes sexiness and there's a picture of Anne Sheridan so elegant and then bras particularly made their <clears throat> debut I would say more in the 1940s with the Warner Company I'm not sure if that today is known as Haynes um but those were the types of bras where I've tried one of these bras on before. It did not make any sense to me. But those were kind of the pointy bras. Um, <clears throat> but I don't like how that looked personally, though. Um, but much larger breasts were not 
a thing back then. And well, unless they were natural. <laughs> and Fredericks of Hollywood came out in 1947. Okay, so they're getting a little bit more risque. Um, it's funny seeing some of the evolution of bras. It it just does not look comfortable. I mean, certainly not like the 1800s. The 1950s, I see two beautiful women dressed here in two-piece suits, um, or lingerie, whatever it is. I think, uh, obviously, as the years go on, people started to get a little bit more risque. But then two pieces started to come along. And the beautiful Bridget Bardot, I can see pictures of her lingerie from the 1950s. Or 1950s. Can I talk? The push-up bra was created then. And in 1952, we see a very young Marilyn Monroe. And she is rocking out to red lingerie and actually looks adorable in it. But she had a few different looks to her. I think that's when she, before she had the work done, um, 1953, she does look like the class in Mar- Marilyn Monroe with um, with the long eyeliner on, the red lips, and, and the blonde hair. But um, there is the most gorgeous picture of her of How to Marry a Millionaire where she just looks, I mean, I'd feel bad for her if I had no, you know, had known her then because the poor thing was suffering through a lot of mental health issues. But <clears throat> I don't think very many people can say that she, you know, she was certainly a very beautiful woman. Um, and we start to see, this is most, a little bit more of my style, Betty Page, um, a little bit of alternative lingerie. Um, Jane Russell. Oh my gosh, these women are just so breathtaking. Let's go to the 60s. Looking at pictures here, actually, that does look like more of closer to what we wear today. Um... Oh, well, I forgot about this. Most women did burn their bras as an act of defiance. (laughs) You have to have some bras around. Um, But in the 60s, they were kind of girlish, ruffles, frills. If you've ever seen any movies from the 60s, they are ultra feminine looking. Um... And probably the prettiest picture that I have seen with this article is Sophia Loren, um, who I still think is absolutely stunning, but she just had one of these figures because everyone was ultra thin that, you know, nice tight abs and everything, but she was still very curvy. Certainly the Mediterranean look to her, but that's when we start to see the the very modern um, lingerie, but the film was called Yesterday, and she, breathtaking. 
Okay, let's go to the Keep Growing by Year. And maybe this was not the best topic, but... Oh, one of my favorite pieces of lingerie is called The Baby Doll. And I think that was in 1968. And there's a woman here wearing it. Um, she kind of looks like her, but I'm not positive. I think that might have been Sharon Tate. Don't quote me on that. Um... nineteen seventies they wanted to help flatten out the tummy area tummy area um, <coughs> but of course, all of the models that are shown here have tiny little waist um, so I'm not sure how much that necessarily applies to them <coughs> and um the nipple bra. You can certainly see a lot with those. And in the 70s, some of the stuff actually does look pretty cheesy. <clears throat> Excuse me. If there was one era that I can go back in time, I think I would have been, a, I would have loved to have been a young adult in the 70s. But some of the clothing is a little bit bright. But still very sexy. It just depends on, or a little bit loose. It just depends on. Stockings. Now, 1978, I would say that's the most revealing picture I have seen. Um, that is made definitely more for the bedroom. seems like most of lingerie before <coughs> excuse me every single time I go to talk it seems like most of lingerie before was me to go underneath your clothing this is how should I say more to entice someone um but the Victoria's Secret catalog from the 80s is kind of like a ultra feminine bubblegum type of look and certainly in the 1980s, feathers and boas. When I first started wearing lingerie, I just thought feathers and boas were kind of cute. But looking back at that now, that does seem a little bit cheesy. But I guess it depends on what context of the matter. Um, in the 1980s, we start to see the thong. And, of course, Madonna shows up, and she did have really cool lingerie. Madonna was a little bit too muscular. Certainly a beautiful woman, but when someone works out that much, I don't know if it was from all the dancing, but... Nicolette Sheridan... Okay, Victoria's Secret, the OG Angels, and the only one, I'm looking at a cover from Victoria's Secret from the 1990s, 
only one that I recognize is Tyra Banks, and she certainly had more curves here. Now, I think in the 1990s, it's fair to say that that really stick thick, thin look was in. And everyone, I know that men certainly have an attraction or, you know, at some point in time might have had an attraction to Victoria's Secret. But <clears throat> I can't go in there now. Um, because if you, their clothing is, or their lingerie, they do have clothing now, is made more for like skinny to average if you I have a unique shape to me um and I know some people have had a pro I'm not plus size but I have no issue with plus size either but some people um it's just not very practical you know and everyone had a crush on like Giselle or Adriana Lima um and it's just not sensible to be 110 pounds and five foot ten, and more pictures of Madonna. I do love this look of Cindy Crawford. She did exude that. Um, she did exude that very feminine um, look, and she had a shape to her. Yeah, the thongs, some of the bras and thongs here just look weird. I'm curious if, and I can see some of the models partying together. And like I said, some of the models, I think this is before breast implants really hit. I think they were around since the 80s, but they were being tested or it was for a select few. Most of the, well, some women have them, but uh, the models here are really tall and thin like not an accurate representation of how everyone fit um trying to find a good example but going through the 90s everyone just had that same look now I'm seeing a picture of 1997. I think breast implants did hit the market by then, but I'm looking at a picture of Miss Christensen. Um, a little flat-chested. I mean, you can tell that she works out, but it was just... It was a cute look. Oh, very beautiful look by... Uh, David Bowie's wife, I know that he passed. Iman, or Iman, how do you pronounce her name? Um, an old picture of Heidi Klum. Of course, anything that Naomi Campbell could wear worked. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So then we go to the 2000s. And I see a picture of little Kim. Um, I, I know that she has not been extremely conservative, obviously, <laughs> in her lifetime. But she's going to some premiere in a long coat and lingerie. And then we start to see it being a little bit more 
loud, uh, per se. And Christina Aguilera with the little thong on the side. The thong, yeah, around 2000 or 2001, I think it was a thing for people, for girls to have their thong above their um, pants or low jeans. And a lot of the colors in the 2000, early 2000s just didn't really mesh well together. Or the hair was just, I guess, a lot of different colors. Um, I don't know if I really liked it. I do like color, though. Um... And we start to see more of the men and females lingerie. More angels. And then Miley Cyrus, about 10 years ago. I guess this is the first picture where she really went and... Um, ditched Hannah Montana and became a little bit of a wild child. And of course, Kim Kardashian, I would say. Yeah, I think around 2014, the Kirby thing came back in. You can, um, she switched weight a little bit. I'm not sure she, she switched weight the natural way. Um, but in this picture, she certainly looks very pretty, but she looks a lot curvier than what she used to. And Spanx are there um the see-through top a lot of see-through clothing Calvin Klein's making a comeback and we see Gigi Hadid uh pink making their everyday type of clothing um And in 2015, more of the body positivity movement. Um, this is a beautiful picture of Nubian skin. Um, models are gorgeous. And I kind of like this, so... In 2015, Ashley Graham, I think, made her debut. If you don't know who Ashley Graham is, um, I believe she's... She was born here, but she is Latina. Um, she is a plus-size model and absolutely gorgeous face. I do like her figure, um, but obviously... Oops, doing a few things at once. Obviously, you are not going to have small, medium, and have that be the, the standard. You could have no health issues and God made you plus sized or wh whoever you believe in. You can go to the gym and be plus sized. You don't know what someone has in their genetics or whatever the case may be. Um, but there was one point in time or if you weren't like 110 pounds or 120 pounds, you were 
at if you weren't in the public eye. So it's nice to actually see. I hate to call someone that's a little bit more robust a real woman, but um, you have to make lingerie or, or things that women use that fit every niche. And she really... I think she's actually a billionaire by now. Um, but she does look absolutely great. Um, and of course, boy shorts. Those are cute. This is more high-end stuff. This is not quite quite what I wanted to do. I thought a history of this was kind of neat. Um, and that's the end of the article. So this probably isn't very the most interesting one. <laughs> if anyone wants to listen to it, but, um, I noticed in the sex worker industry, and I've talked about this before, I think it's because I hate, it's annoying when providers use this, you know, your brand or whatever it is. I just try to, um, work with what I have, but I also have a very unique look to me and a very unique shape to me. So, um, I don't know if there are too many of me, but, um, I don't like, I don't know. I just don't really, unless you're an elite provider and your client just knows everything about lingerie, I don't see the purpose of having seven, eight, twelve hundred dollar lingerie. Honey Burdette made its debut around uh, what, like a good four or five years. They could have been around a lot longer. I just noticed them maybe four or five years ago. I should say that. I don't like their lingerie because the whole purpose of lingerie to me is to be able to slip into it kind of comfortably. Unless you're using it maybe for some type of photo thing, but in the in the sex workers have uh, a lot of the more upscale ones obviously do the honey burdette thing, but even honey burdette, I haven't even looked at the cost lately. But if you put they sell the pieces separate, which is kind of stupid, I mean. I guess people have different sizes. I'm not sure if they're doing it for that, but I don't want to spend a few hundred dollars for lingerie that I would pro I can't tell you the 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 amount of lingerie I've accidentally lost or um or even dropped out of my bag. It's happened on a few occasions getting out of the car if I wasn't careful with my purse. Um, and plus I don't, how long would it take to get in there unless you're like extremely thin with all those straps and stuff like that. And Honey Burdette, a lot of clothing or lingerie lines don't really accommodate women with large bus lines. Um, there are a few pieces from France and... La Fier, if I'm not, if I'm probably not butchering it, a lot of the pieces from overseas are just built for the everyday 
um, like petite or, you know, again, I just don't think it's very realistic expectations. Um, so what do I like doing for lingerie? I would probably say a variety of things. Um, I do... I do actually have a few corsets. <clears throat> corsets, though, can be a pain in the ass when putting them on, but I do feel kind of sexy in them. I'm not sure if I would be able to be in a corset for more than a couple of hours because, my goodness, do this. But I, I do like how it does accentuate the figure um, and kind of pushes the breast up. I've talked about this before. I do like baby dolls. I would consider, you know, not to repeat myself for the million time, curvy slash voluptuous baby dolls, um, especially baby dolls that stretch depending on the material. Um, just hug the breast nicely and, um, I mean, you could actually leave the baby doll on if you're doing stuff. <laughs> it just depends. Uh, sometimes I do like garter sets. Uh, part of me does like a little bit of the retro look. Um, I think Dita Von Teese has a whole retro section. I wouldn't mind shopping. She has like these cool rose bras uh, that actually look like roses. Um, and... A little bit of the high-waisted garter set. It, it just gives, exudes femininity. And it is kind of cool. And I think it would be kind of neat to... I've never done this. But to make my... Um, you know, do like a 1950s... You know, pin-up look with the hair and everything. Um... Sometimes a silk robe, especially if you are hosting an in-call. Because um, I kind of feel silly sitting th there when someone's dressed trying to have a conversation while I'm half naked. <laughs> it's not always very practical. I don't know. I don't think I'm too extremely pretty. Uh, I'm sorry. Petty. <laughs> um, I have confidence. Don't worry. Um, I don't think I'm too extremely picky uh, when it comes to lingerie, but I think it certainly adds to the aesthetic and to the cuteness. And, in a, you know, if we're doing this job, making an effort <laughs> type of way, um, not every provider necessarily wears lingerie. They might, I've known a few that have gone straight naked for it or popped out naked, and that also works, but, um, also, I keep meaning to get these, but this is more for, uh, the purpose of pictures, I like, I had a client, um, this is just when I did body rubs before corona, but he would get me a few body stockings, I guess body stockings were his thing, and I never really messed with them, Actually, I thought about ordering a few of them because I do like them. Because, um, A, it's great because they're not very expensive. Um, they're not very expensive for a reason. 
they're very, there's hardly anything to them, but they do cover normally the body. It's like a pantyhose or, um, you know, stretchy type of material, but I do like the way it looks on, um, on my curves. Um, that's a cute look. Uh, also, I'm not sure if the word cosplay is strictly for, like, anime or stuff like that. I kind of like the superhero look or dressing up. Um, the classic French-made outfit, very sexy secretary or hot, hot school teacher. Um, and certainly... I had one funny experience. Um, I was seeing someone that came from Comic Con. I wore a, super, a Wonder Woman outfit, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna go to Comic Con, and I went to Comic Con in my Superwoman outfit. <laughs> so, of course, I had to wear um, more things with a Superwoman outfit, so nothing would pop out. Um, but I knew Comic-Con was going on. I was just like, am I going to do, yeah, I'm going to do this. So those are the things that I, that I would consider, um, kind of sexy. But if I'm at home, uh, underneath my clothes, I just, um, one thing that I consider especially important, especially if you have, decent size breast is well any size breast I think it's important to do is to wear a sports bra because it normally um natural or enhanced it does keep them nice and in it's kind of like exercising your breast it keeps them nice and in shape and um firm where they should be not it keeps them kind of from drooping so if I'm not mistaken, I th- believe you can somewhat train your breast to a certain degree. Now, I'm not sure what your body has been through. If you're, if you've been pregnant, your breasts have, you know, dramatically changed shape, and that might be best to talk to a plastic surgeon. Um, but yeah, my sports bras and sports bras are so comfy. I cannot stand. I think this happened after surgery, but I've had my breast enhanced for a while. I cannot stand feeling underwire. And plus, I have a different shape to my breasts than most. Underwire just does not look right on me. So I enjoy bras that do not have any. And my breasts can just naturally nice and rest in them and hopefully show a bit of cleavage. But yeah, I have to uh, think of a more interesting topic to talk about. Um, this is meant for one person, but I just realized this today. I haven't talked to someone in a while, but I did change my phone number. They are near Cranberry. So I didn't know if I should reach out. I feel bad if I reach out. Um, but I did want to say hi, but this, I mean, we're friends, so he has listened to my podcast. So if, um, I just, like I said, I just realized that today. Oh, he doesn't, he might not have my phone number and it's doesn't have to be anything related to work. He can, 
say hi if he wants to. But anywho, this was my very boring, and I don't normally like to make things boring, but I thought I would find more enticing things to talk about with lingerie, but yeah, that's a little bit of the evolution of it. Um, I would think before the 1800s, they probably did not have the financial resources and Gosh, we're talking about the 1700s. I mean, at the most, people were living until the age of 40. I think that they're... And immigration and stuff like that. I think that their main purpose was to actually thrive and live and um, not necessarily care about how their silhouette looked like in certain dresses. So I think when the 1800s hit and there was... There's always been a social class, but um, when we started to see, I mean, we weren't really a country in the seven. Well, was it 1745 or 1775? Can't forget. I forget when the Constitution was signed, but um, when we there was too much stuff going on here in the 1700s for people, I think, to particularly. Um, pine over their looks, but, um, I thought it was interesting to see pictures of this, so, yeah, I almost made an hour podcast on the very simple topic of lingerie, and so now I have to think about something extremely exciting, good to talk about, but, anywho, have a good one.